You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Welcome to Art Smart from Who Arted, your guide to quick and easy art history. We're cutting through all that art world jargon that doesn't make sense to anyone because art is for everyone. Welcome to Art Smart. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be focusing on surrealism. The Surrealist movement was founded by André Breton. He was a poet, but he also studied medicine and psychiatry. He was well-versed in Freud's theories, and in 1924, Breton wrote The Surrealist Manifesto. The core idea behind the wide-ranging movement was that reason and logic constrain a person's mind, and that if an artist were to break free of those constraints, they could tap into a more vast area of the unconscious mind. Surrealism grew out of the Dada movement between World War I and World War II. On first glance, it can be hard to tell the difference between surrealism and Dada because both embrace a certain amount of randomness and absurdity. To me, the key distinction is that Dada was a reaction against the rational. Dada was born out of the horrors of the First World War. Artists saw the carnage wrought by modern society and technology that was so cold and methodical. Dada artists produced anti-art, defying reason as a means of subverting the push toward rationalism that defined so much of the modern era. The name Dada was taken from the infantile babbling and... In some ways, I think that tells you everything you need to know about the movement. It was art in its early stages, with many ideas and great potential yet to be fully developed. Surrealists, on the other hand, were a bit more thoughtful and deliberate in their embrace of randomness. They were not so much standing in opposition to the world around them. They were creating work that was strange And it looked in some ways similar to Dada, but the Surrealists were exploring ideas of the subconscious mind through methods like automatic drawing, free associations, taking their inspiration from dreams. At times, this may have seemed cringeworthy and sometimes even clownish, as the case of Salvador Dali giving a lecture in a scuba suit to signify that he was diving deep into the human psyche. But there was a method to the madness. Salvador Dali was among the most famous surrealist artists. He would sit holding a coin in his hand as he nodded off to sleep. When he reached a certain stage of sleep called hypnagogia, or N1, the coin would drop, making a noise that would wake him up and leaving him in a hazy stage of partial dreaming as he awoke. This would serve as his inspiration for many of his paintings. 
I often compare the surrealist movement and its inspiration to dreams, but it was not just about dreams. The surrealist movement tended to have a dreamlike quality, and many artists were inspired by dreams, but it was more than that. The term surrealism appears to have been coined by the poet Apollinaire, and then it was taken and used by Breton. When we break it down, sur means above, beyond, or in addition, and real means, well, real. The surrealist movement was interested in going beyond reality, to tap into something above or beyond the conscious mind and surface-level reality. This was largely influenced by modern psychological theories coming about in the 20th century. Psychology and psychiatry were in their infancy in this time. In the late 19th century, people treating those with mental health disorders were called alienists. The goal was to sort of help people come to terms with their mental illness and move past it. In 1896, Freud wrote about his theories of the id, ego, and superego as three drivers of human personality. Freud's theories and his practice of psychoanalysis spread, and they were highly influential in the field of psychology, but also artists took notice. They found those new theories of the mind fascinating, and they sought to explore these concepts in writing, painting, sculpture, and other artistic modes. Interestingly, while the Surrealists tended to love Freud, it was not mutual. He was largely dismissive of the movement, although he did apparently come around to appreciate the talents of Dali. Now, as I said, Dada felt like an art movement in its infancy, but I would say surrealism feels like adolescence. It was at times a little over the top, a little bit cringy, but also hitting on some interesting ideas. I think of René Magritte's Clairvoyance, for example. He painted a painter looking at an egg, but painting a bird. On the one hand, this could be alluding to the artistic process by which an artist sees raw material and makes its ultimate potential visible laid out on the canvas. On another level, it could be seen as a statement about how those who claim to be clairvoyant are simply making predictions that are most probable. We see an egg and the most likely predictions for the future of that egg would be a bird or breakfast. Of course, there are other possibilities, but the clairvoyant simply predicts, and I I know it's an audio medium, but I'm putting giant air quotes around that. They predict a likely outcome. Or it could have just been Magritte playing with images, making a sort of visual joke. Just as with dreams, if there is meaning to be found in surrealist works, It's likely the meaning that the interpreter was seeking more than any deep, objective truth. Or at least that's my interpretation. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. 
Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, if I were putting together a collection to help you better understand Dada and surrealism, here would be my top five. Merit Oppenheim's Object. Object is considered to be the quintessential surrealist object. Oppenheim meticulously wrapped a teacup and saucer in fur, combining two items associated with luxury and sophistication to make something visceral and revolting. Salvador Dali's The Persistence of Memory. It's perhaps his best-known work. The image of clocks melting in the desert has been referenced and parodied countless times, making it sort of a visual shorthand to signify surrealism. René Magritte, The False Mirror. While the cover art for my other podcast, Who Arted, is inspired by Magritte's Son of Man painting, there's something I absolutely love about The False Mirror. And, fun fact, this painting was the inspiration for the CBS television logo. Frida Kahlo's painting, The Two Fridas, really any of her self-portraits are fantastic. Interestingly, Frida Kahlo did not really consider herself to be a member of the Surrealist movement, although the painting The Two Fridas was in the Surrealist exhibition in 1940, and Andre Breton definitely considered Frida to be a surrealist. And finally, Marcel Duchamp, Fountain. The surrealist movement and Dada were all about upending people's expectations, giving them a new lens on the world around them. Fountain was a very innovative work. It was an early ready-made that called into question a lot of what we prize and what we're doing as artists, even what art is. And that's why many consider it to have been the most influential, possibly the most important work of the 20th century. Although a fun, well, I guess really not so fun fact, there are some who say that Marcel Duchamp stole that work and that ready-made from another artist that it was actually created by his friend, a lesser-known female artist, Baron Elsa von Freitag Loringhoven. Although really, if we're being honest, neither one of them actually made it. It was a ready-made. They bought it from the factory. ArtSmart is an airwave media podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to learn more, check out my other podcast, Who Arted, or go to the website artsmartpodcast.com for more free resources.